Hey, peeps, this is Trish. I want to share something with you today. So back in the day when I was starting Spring OT, we had grown, we had some admin help, we had a therapist or two, and I had systems, let's put that in quotations, meaning I had like spreadsheets and Google Docs and more spreadsheets and a few emails. And finally, my therapist and my team, very small team, begged me to do something all under one umbrella. No more duct tape systems, they said, Trish. Please, please get a real system. So what did you do, Trish? Well, Ashley, let me tell you, <laughs> I always talk about time being precious and needing to buy back our time because we've only got two assets. We've got time is money and time is the most limited resource that we have. I'm on a mission to help OT entrepreneurs save that time, no more $10 tasks, so that you can use it for what really matters. And that is being the CEO of your company who can implement your growth. Only you can do that. Agreed. So, yeah, I know. I know you believe in this. So when you have systems in place, everything just falls into line. That chaos that you feel turns into order. The duct tape goes away. And you know, you become clear and have more control. So I want you, the listeners, to imagine what it would be like to have more time to pursue the ambitions and the mission and the impact that you want to have as you grow your OT business instead of just drowning in all those routine tasks. So you turned all that chaos into order and <laughs> yep. you got a system in place yep. and not just, you know, papers and Excel and duct tape, but you got an EMR that exactly. brought everything together. That is exactly why I built Therabyte for OTs just like you who are growing your business. And I know that that's a past version and a current version of you as you step back into working a little bit with clients. So uh, if you are still looking for that EMR to suit your needs, Therabyte is the EMR for OTs. So head over to therabyte.app to learn more about it. And if you want to hang out a little bit more with me, not only did I build the Therabyte, but I'm also guest coaching in Trisha's program, Road to 100K, until the end of June. We're so check that out, a, too. We're happy to have a systems expert in there. Thanks, Ashley. You're welcome, Trish. Take care. Therabyte.app. Hi there. Welcome to OTs Get Paid the podcast for OT entrepreneurs, where we learn about everything you need to know to move from thinking like a therapist to acting like a CEO and making good money along the way. Are you curious how to continue to be true to your mission of helping others as an OT and get paid what you're worth? Do you want to know the best tips that add zeros to your bank account? Do you wonder how other OTs do it too? I'm your host, Trish Williams. A Canadian, a mom, a not-so-closet choir nerd, an occupational therapist of over 26 years. I spent most of those years loving my profession, but secretly wishing I could get paid a lot more. Did I feel like I had an important job that had great impact on my clients and society? Check. 
Did I also wish I could feel validation in that work through getting paid enough to feel financial freedom? Check, check. So finally in my 40s, as a single mom who needed to get real with my income, I built two six-figure businesses, including my latest as an OT entrepreneur coach at Trish Williams Consulting. And through this, I heard the secret shame that others felt the same way too. So I'm raising my voice and raising my profile of this issue and probably raising my prices. I'm here to talk about OTs making money. So let's do like Scrooge McDuck and dive into those giant piles of gold coins and get swimming and start this episode. Welcome, OT entrepreneurs, to the OTs Get Paid podcast, episode 84. Today, we are talking about the employee versus the contractor debate, which is right for your business. I can hear you already. Trish, there isn't enough time to get it all done. Trish, please just show me the steps. Give me a roadmap. Tell me what's next and what's next and what's next. By the way, we have a podcast about that and a quiz. We'll link them in the podcast resources. Trish, I know that my business is now a money-making machine. I've heard you say that enough times, and I know that I need CEO time, but I'm still pushing that aside, and I'm working too many hours, and I haven't hit my revenue or my impact goals. (sighs) Trish, I want to make $100,000, or I've made it and I want to put $100,000 in my pocket and I want to be number one in my area so that we can affect real change and impact the lives of my ideal client. Or, Trish, give me all the systems. Okay, these are questions <laughs> or statements that I hear on the regular. What else is there? What else is missing here? Remember, I think it was Stephen Covey who said, the quality of your questions determines the quality of your answers. Here's the right question that I'm proposing today that we ask for you to help you with all of those business challenges. And that is when you want to accomplish something, stop asking, how can I do this? Entrepreneur coach Dan Sullivan wrote a book and he suggests we instead ask, who can do this for me? His book is called Who Not How. Here's what an overview of Dan Sullivan's book discusses. He talks about when you want to solve problems, think about who. First of all, you need to delegate it to somebody. We're going to go through these steps and then we're going to talk about employee versus contractor. First of all, you need to delegate it. Employee, contractor, we're going to cover that in a minute. Second is let them figure out the how. Whoever you hire, be it contractor or employee, should have the steps onto the how. And I cannot tell you how much I love this. I had the book on my shelf. I recently dove into it in prep for this episode. And I've actually been saying this for a long time. I believe that OTs being the jack of all trades always say, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. And we forget, especially when we're learning how to shift to that delegation, to look at the people we're hiring or in some cases volunteering for us and say, great, you figure out the how. And Dan also talks about freedom. Freedom of time, freedom of money, freedom in relationships, 
and freedom of purpose. That's really the outline of the book. And boy, oh boy, does that fit so well with the three pillars we have here at OTs Get Paid, which is in order to become a paid peep, we want you to increase your profit so that you ain't broke. We need to increase your clarity so that you move out of overwhelm and increase your impact so that you can affect the change you want to see in this world. See how the themes all kind of meld together? See why I like this book? Okay, so will this be an employee or a contractor? Episode 42, we talk about hiring a virtual assistant, which is another way of saying contractor. So I, if you want to choose that direction, I want you to do a deep dive and listen to that episode. We talk and we give lots and lots of goodies there. Today's episode is going to be about the advantages to hiring employees. Most OTs that I work with, whether they are on the road to 100K or past and they want to put $100,000 into their own pockets, they are still using contractors, especially if they are a service-based business and they are using an agency model like having contractors, OTs, to help deliver the service they provide. And that's a really great model. Here's the thing. I am newly obsessed with the topic of turning revenue expenses into revenue generators. It is easy to see how a contractor becomes a revenue generator in your business because they only work the hours that they see people or they generate income. And you're not beholden to keep them when you've got a feast and famine cycle happening. And you don't have to keep track of all the nitty picky things that you do like you know, payment and insurances and sick time, et cetera, for an employee. In fact, I can't remember, uh, maybe about a year ago was the last time that I worked with an OT who had employees. This is a massive shift. So there's a whole bunch of you that need a shift into just delegation, period. This is typically on the road to 100K. We've got that covered in episode 82. This is for those who are still using contractors and the benefit of moving to employees. And believe it or not, having employees helps what we imagine as a revenue expense. Somebody that does work in our business, that doesn't bill, that drains the coffers, and turn them into a revenue generator. Again, I am obsessed on this topic, and a lot of it has to do with control. Can you see why I'm obsessed with this topic? (laughs) My inner control freak is coming out. Hey, Trish. Yes, Ashley? As an OT entrepreneur who's just starting to make money, I bet you've thought, oh my gosh, I just got my first few clients. What the heck do I do now? Don't worry. At Therabyte, we have you covered. We heard you and we created intake and consent templates just for you. So you've downloaded the template and now you can say, amazing, I know exactly how to get my client started. Oh, I wish I'd had this in the beginning. I pulled everything together and needed something this efficient. Okay. So where can listeners find these templates, Ashley? Super easy. The link will be in the show notes. You just hop over to our website, find templates, and you've got your download. Sounds great. Here's what it boils down to. It boils down to key performance 
indicators. We're going to talk about those in a minute. Now, key performance indicators are data metrics that you can track in order to make sure that people are doing what they're supposed to be doing and contributing to what they're supposed to be contributing to in your business. Do contractors have KPIs? Of course they do. In fact, I want you to make sure that you give your contractors KPIs. We have somebody who was a, a client in the 100K Club Mastermind who was like, yes, I finally hired a marketing agency. And because they're an agency, they are contractors and they know what they're doing. And we've put this money aside and I now know that it's going to you know, generate income for us. Hooray, hooray. And what wound up happening is they did not give this member of the 100K Club Mastermind the results that she was looking for. And we finally got to the bottom of this after she kept stressing out of how much money she was spending on marketing and not seeing the return on her investment, or the ROI. And she wanted to have a meeting with them, and they just kept pushing back when she asked for the outcomes that she wanted. They didn't give her the response whatsoever that she wanted, and she was in knots, and eventually she fired them. Contractors need KPIs, but you don't have the same amount of control as you do if you have an employee. If you have an employee, you are able to set their working hours, their KPIs, you are able to come into meetings with the right agendas, you are able to lean into solving problems of why or why not they, why they may or may not be hitting their KPIs. And that is your time as a CEO, pouring into a contractor is to help them solve problems around KPIs is very, very different than pouring into an employee. Pouring into an employee is a more long-term sustainable model. And again, I'm obsessed with this idea of sustainability and moving people from that expense line that we all think about, those operations costs in our budget, to actually generating revenue. I know what you're going to say. I don't have the time. I don't have the money. I can't spend the money. Uh, I, you know, have met just as many OTs, by the way, who have the money and they're not touching it. Hoarding is a strong word, but there is that mentality of, I quite literally talked to somebody a couple months ago that had $40,000 sitting in their business bank account and they didn't know why and they don't know what they're going to use it for. So, not only do many OTs not pay themselves the, the CEO wage that they need, we're also looking about paying for time. So part of this episode is to encourage you to start thinking about spending money to make money and getting your time back. One of the shifts that I want to make big time in this profession as OT entrepreneurs is to underscore that time is more valuable than money. And if we can spend the money on employees who deliver things to us that move the needle in our business and generate revenue, then we have just bought back some of our time. <sighs> Incredible, right? Okay. What can you focus on right now? What can you focus on right now if you are under $100,000? The easiest thing to do is hiring therapists or increasing production of your product. Again, that's the revenue generation we all think of, or you can start putting out more offers to hire more people. 
I don't particularly recommend you put out a lot more offers until you hit 100,000, but that is the easiest thing until you're doing this or hiring a VA. And in which case, episode 82 is your new best friend. <laughs> we really also don't want you to leaning lean into an online course at this point because you also need an entirely new ecosystem for that. A new offer, especially something that is very different from your mobile or your service-based business or the product that you're getting used to selling before $100,000. People often hit this kind of 50 range and they're like, ah, now I need a brand new offer that's completely and totally different and it's going to look like an online course. That is an ecosystem that entails marketing and sales and messaging and data and systems and rinse and repeat. That is not recommended until you are past $100,000. And if you are, we want to make sure that those who are past $100,000 have mastery of their systems and their marketing and sales on automation before you go down that window, down that road. So what can we focus on now? What do you have right now that can move from a revenue expense to revenue generation? And I want you to, we're going to talk about the different types of KPIs that we can use in your business right away so that you can get some quick wins. A great definition of key performance indicators are that they provide valuable insight into the performance and the progress of a business. You're going to measure and you are going to track things that are specific and relevant and quantifiable in your business, which means you have to learn more about business than you realized. That is a heck of a lot of fun. At least I think it does. And I want to help all of you see that these pieces are fun. These are the pieces that help you solve the problem. KPIs help you as a business owner understand what is working, what isn't working, and allowing you to make a data-driven decision to continuously improve your business. And again, I would rather you pour into an employee at this point. Because we know what gets measured gets done. Here's how else KPIs can help help a business. And then we're going to dive into KPIs for different areas in your business right now. KPIs can help a business identify areas improvement. By tracking them, you can see what's underperforming and what you need to make changes to improve. Do you have a conversion rate of your website page? Do you have a lead magnet and do you know how it's performing? In the instance of a member of the 100K Club Mastermind, do you have marketing KPIs that you're actually seeing a return on so this just doesn't feel like a money pit and it's a hit or a miss? KPIs allow you to set and track your progress. Again, these measurable goals. And it also really helps keep you focused and on track. If everybody knows what their KPIs are, then having weekly meetings or monthly meetings is beyond projects. And it's beyond simply a productivity standard, quite frankly. It becomes, you're supposed to own this KPI. How's it going? What do you need some help with? It keeps everybody very focused. It allows you to monitor performance in real time. So for our business, some KPIs we have are 
measured in months and some are measured in weeks. Some are measured by transaction. These are real-time indicators allowing us to really quickly respond to changes, especially because with our team, we have weekly agendas around KPIs as well as a big monthly meeting around KPIs, and we can make those adjustments as we need. And again, we are scientists. We make data-driven decisions. By tracking, your business can be informed instead of relying on your gut feelings or intuition. By the way, I'm a huge gut feeling and intuition person. I believe it's that art and science. Ashley Reyna and I talked about that in our systems episode. It's that blend of art and science, the data, and the intuition that I think makes OTs business owner superpowers. And again, there's the fifth point here is there's an enhanced transparency and an accountability. It is clear. Is it objective? You can see for the business owner and the employees what is working and what is not. And it is not to point the finger and make blame. It is to say, great, this is our machine. These are the parts of the machine. This is how we measure if our money-making machine business is working. And with transparency and accountability, you can help that person, that piece of the machine, know exactly what to do. So these are critical. What gets measured gets done. Let's talk about ideas for KPIs in each area so that you can look at what could be working for you right now. The first is marketing. Marketing, marketing, marketing. Whether you have $1,000 in your business bank account or $700,000 or a million dollars in your business bank account, I know everybody is working on marketing. First comes to mind is an email open rate or an email click rate or the number of leads you get from doing, let's say, a lead magnet, which is an in-person in-service, or the number of people who sign up for your free trial from a Facebook post in a group, or your SEO ranking, or how many people land on your homepage and then move to your Work With Me page. The list goes on and on. Those are a few for now, and I feel they are relevant to everybody. Second is sales. What is your close rate for sales? How many people are calling you? And from that, how many people actually purchase your product or service? How many offers did you actually make? If you have 10 people calling, but you're only extending an offer to work with you, and it's two out of 10, you're not attracting the right people. (laughs) 20% of the people who call that you're actually saying, hey, we have a service or product here that I think would help allows you to say, hmm, we're not actually bringing the right people in the door at the very beginning. And again, what percentage of those offers become sales? Finance KPIs. I do not want you to mess around with your finance KPIs. I want you to go to a bookkeeper. Look back, uh, season one, episode, I think it's like 10, I interviewed my bookkeeper, Heather Grant, who is still with me all these years later. And we need them to do the numbers right so that the taxes are right. However, there's more. There is gross revenue, there are your expenses, and there is profit. We talk, if you if you gross $100,000, but it takes you $99,000 to make that, that, there's no profit in that business, and you're probably not paying yourself. We talk a lot about profit as kind of the next step beyond gross, net, take-home, and taxes. In the 100K Club, we talk a lot about profit margin and uh, etc. The other One that we're working on right now, which is um, a task for those of you who are more established, is the cost to acquire a client. 
it is very more costly, we know, universally to acquire a client than it is to keep a client. And so how much is it costing you to do that? Okay, fulfillment. Again, many of you in the service-based industry are going to look at what your therapists are doing and how we can increase their production. However, we do not want our therapists to be productivity machines. We just don't. I've never met an OT that has said, oh, I loved the productivity standards I had in my traditional healthcare system, and I'm going to absolutely you know, ensure and challenge that all my therapists do the same. I've never met that person. So what can we do beyond that productivity rate? We can look at an NPS survey. You know what? It has completely stopped my mind what NPS stands for. Somebody look up that and get back to me in the Facebook group. The OTs get paid Facebook group because it has slipped my mind right now. But a client NPS, it is a standardized score. We use it in our programs about a ranking of one to 10 and how people are enjoying your service. You know what? It's not even coming to me. I thought it would by this point. What is a regular client NPS score that your therapists are getting? What about the number of complaints you're getting? That's a great KPI. And the customer retention rate, how many times your customer stays, how long they stay, and can you also, if you're past a certain revenue point, sell them into another offer or another offer? if they continue to buy from you. Lastly, let's talk about operations. How can operations tie into revenue generation? This is really tricky. I've spent a lot of time on this in my own company, and I've read a lot of books and taken a lot of training. So operations creates the systems so that we get leads and sales. We need to tie that in because creating systems definitely saves you time. And yet those types of standard operations KPIs about productivity, how long it takes for a task to get completed, do all tasks get completed successfully, is not as tied into customer success. And that is what we want. There is a huge swing in the last 10 years about going beyond customer service to customer success. And that's where tying in operations becomes a game changer. So can you write KPIs that are around the engagement or the NPS scores or the fulfillment scores that we talked about earlier where ops, which is like a lot of downtime, right? (laughs) Not a lot of them are client-facing and building systems, which is like so super key. How do we tie that into the growth of the company, which is really based on customer success? I could do like 10 podcasts on this. Um, And here are some more examples. How many people land on your website that they have maintained, maybe not built, because that's probably a different contractor you might outsource, but for that, Uh, general, the up-to-date maintenance of your website and convert it into customers. How about how many templates that they set up in your EMR were completed by clients? You'd want those templates to be completed at least 85% of the time. How can we get these KPIs tied to the mission and the vision 
of your company beyond the time and the delivery. As I said earlier, I don't love those. So for example, one of our big plans is to get 100 OTs making $100,000 each year. So I want you to think about how ops then also gets rewarded for the KPI, that number that is really built into our mission and our vision. A lot of this information, by the way, I got from a book called Key Performance Indicators, The 75 Measures Every Manager Needs to Know by Bernard Marr. Okay, so have I totally overwhelmed you? You're like, ah, what is next? And what we're going to talk about before we finish is data collection. Just start simple. Build a little simple spreadsheet. And for each person that is in your realm, put one KPI to start. Nobody should really have more than two or three anyways, because it's too many. One KPI per person on your team that is new, that you haven't thought of, will begin to move the needle. Because I know that moving from a contractor to an employee is really, really scary. I was there too. Many people in the 100K Club Mastermind have built their six and seven figure businesses, as I said, on the backs of those contractors. And I hear it again and again, we're going to lose them. These people are now my friends. Trish, no, they, there's going to be too much work if they leave. They love the flexibility that I give them in this position. They don't trust that they've hired them for the KPIs. They believe they've hired them for personality and they're afraid they're just going to vote with their feet and leave. We here at OTs Get Paid fully believe and we teach and try to model about sustainability and profitability in your business. If you need to listen to this episode again, we are moving from people who can see clients when they want to, to people that have a growth path in your business and buy into the mission and the vision and the growth that can happen with the growth of your business. And these are in management, different positions. I need you to start somewhere and see what happens. And this episode has given you a place to be able to dive in simply and start coming up with the right KPIs, thinking about employees, and beginning to track. If this is exactly where you are in your business, you are not alone. And we address this and oh, so much more about hiring and tracking and systems. We do a deep dive into all of this in the 100K Club Mastermind. We have a website and you're going to see a link that says work with me and you can go into the brand new sales page that's coming up that we're working on right now um, to work with me to look and get on the phone to see if that would be the right program for you because we can really help you move the needle in this part of your business. Until next time. This has been OTs Get Paid, recorded live in Studio C. That's Studio Closet. I'm Trish Williams. If you had feedback on today's episode, send us a DM on IG at OTs Get Paid or join our Facebook group at OTs Get Paid. We would really love to hear from you. We'd also love it if you could subscribe and write a review for the podcast. Each month, I'll pick a random review for a shout out to get your name and business on the air. Until next time.